0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. There's nothing greater we could do here today than exalt Him. The, the Word is important, but exalting Him, that's what's important. Transformation in lives, that's important, but exalting Him, that's the most important. Deliverance and healing and all restoration, all, but what's important, Is exalting Him because when He is exalted, when He's lifted up, when that happens, oh, that's when God begins to move. That's when God begins to get into our being. That's when God begins to touch our lives. That's when God begins to heal our bodies. That's when God begins to transform us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're awesome Lord. You're awesome. Hallelujah. Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is in this place today. God bless you. Please be seated. Hallelujah. If you'll recall last week, Cindy was here. She sat in the back, and she couldn't be around people because of her, her, her immune system. And so she sat in the back, and if you'll recall, we prayed for her. And I don't know if you know it or not, but when she had had the surgery done on her, her vocal cords, the doctor told her before the Surgery, listen, you're just never going to sing again. And when she came out, he said, listen, he was very apologetic. She said, you're never going to sing again. Last week, church, you prayed for her. And she texted this week and said, I've been singing all week long. Woo-hoo! I've been singing. The doctor says one thing. Yes. But who believes his, who hath believed our report? And we've got a report. Yes. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. Well, this could get exciting. It's good to have some home folks. Give us a wave. Give us a wave. It's good to have some home folks this morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. Steve, we consider you home folk. 2 Kings chapter 3. And while you're at it, grab another shovel. I knew I'd get that look. 2 Kings, chapter 3. Let's begin reading at verse 6. King Jehoram went out of Samaria at the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. Well, it's good to have friends, huh? You know, this was a divided camp. But when it came down to it, sometimes we have issues with one another, don't we? But when it comes down to it, when it's time to fight the enemy, oh, yeah, I'm going to go up with you. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, which way shall we go? Go up. And he answered, the way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, he is Elisha, the son of Japheth, which poured out which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. Woo! The word of the Lord is with. Isn't it good to know sometimes when you got something going on, you can call somebody because you know the word of the Lord's with them? Well, that person should be you. Hallelujah. Every one of us need to have that word of the Lord in our lives. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee, nor see thee. Anybody ever dissed you off? They sloughed you off? They said, listen, if you wasn't going to that church, I, I just wouldn't even have anything to do with you. But, but since, and now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Do you remember what I just asked you to do? Grab a shovel. For thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. Man, what seemed to be awful big to these three kings. See, y'all thought I was going to talk about the three kings of Orient that came to see. You. There were three kings way before Jesus showed up on the scene. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. He shall smite every fenced city and every choice city. He shall fell every good tree. He shall stop. Man, it sounds like total devastation here. Stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. Verse 20. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that behold, there came water by the way of Edom and not the valley, but the country was filled with water not the valley but the country was filled with water i'm going to start with something that's not even in my notes but god just impressed me we know that the lord's in his word spoke that noah found grace in the eyes of the lord it doesn't mention that his wife his sons or his daughter-in-law's found grace but he did and see we know the process of noah And we know that Noah, through another 117 years or so, was building this ark. And the whole time this is going on, he's preaching to the people. But you know what? There's sin rampant. And so what happens is, while this is going on and his sons are helping him, his sons are still being affected by the world. How do you know that, Pastor? Let me show you. I'm glad you asked me that. So after the flood happens and they settle, and after things get right in their place, one day Noah is drunk in his tent. Let me tell you, let me just say, I'm just going to say this. Nothing ever good happens when you're drunk. I'm speaking from experience. Nothing ever good happens when you're drunk. And so here is this man, God's grace is on him, and he's drunk in his tent, and it says that Ham, his youngest son, came in. Now, if you go to the original Hebrew Scriptures, it wasn't that he just looked in and said, whoop, there's daddy's naked, I better walk. No, the Hebrew Scriptures point to the fact that he had a homosexual act with his father who was drunk. You see, here's what happens when, when, when you're around sin, when you hang around it, when, it, when it's around you, you, you got to get away from it. You got to get away from it. Understand, Ham had still been affected by the things that were going on before the flood. And this is, let me, let me go on. You're know, looking at me like, what in the world? Let's go on a little bit. So here's Lot. Lot is in Sodom. He has no business being in Sodom because all that was going on in Sodom was bad. But there he was, and God delivers him out. But the problem is, he and his family, his son in laws, and his daughter, and uh, and the two daughters that came with him, all had been affected by that. How do we know that? Because on the way out of the city, the scripture says that Lot's wife looked back. And that word looked, when you go to the Hebrew, is that she turned back to her desire. Because a few scriptures later, it says that Lot looked back. But the word looked in the Hebrew there means he took a gaze. But his daughters kept going with him. But because they were affected by what was going on in Sodom, they figured this, we better get dad drunk. He's not going to have any lineage. And so what do they do? They get him drunk and they both become pregnant by their dad. He had incestual sons. And that's who we're talking about today. The Moabites, the Moabites, the the ancestral sin that happened in Sodom, it wasn't, listen y'all, it wasn't just homosexuality in Sodom. You understand, that's the thing that we as good Christians point out, because after all that to us is the worst thing that you could ever do. But there was all kinds of things going on in Sodom, not just homosexuality. There was all kinds of stuff going on. depravities. All, all sort of things. So just understand that. And so now we see that the people of God are having trouble with tr- trouble with ancestral sin. Here's the dilemma. Water is not... I said ancestral, didn't I? Incest. Incest. Bishop's laughing at me. In, it's just not ancestral. It was ancestral, but it was because of incest. Moab was the son of... Of not ancestry, but incest. Okay, now you get it. Okay, here we go. we need to clean that up sometime. Water's not a luxury, is it? Water's a necessity of life. Without water, you die. And so the king of Israel here, he said, Okay, God brought us all together, us three, and here we are, and we're in this valley, and there's no water. God has brought us here to be handed over to incest. God has brought us here to be handed over to incest. We're going to die at the hands of the Moabites. What a bad influence that king was having. If not for Jehoshaphat, who knew the power of the word of God, they probably would have perished. But he understood that there would be somebody that had the power of the word of God in their life. He asked, is there not a prophet that we may inquire? Jehoshaphat knew that one word from God was going to change this whole event. He knew if he could get the prophet here. The Hebrew word for prophet is nabi. Understand that we think of prophet, we think of Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all the, Hosea, all of the prophets. But understand what the word in the Hebrew prophet means. It, the Hebrew word prophet means an inspired man. An inspired, you understand that as a Christian. In the church, we are all to be inspired people. We're changed by God. We're, we're washed in His blood, and we're inspired by His Spirit. The problem in American churches today is there's a lack of inspiration of God's Word. You know, even the songs we listen to, I I listen to a particular radio station, a Christian radio station, and a lot of the songs you can actually take and put them into a regular radio station, and they would transpose over very good because they, they they leave an ambiguous area so that in case it doesn't work here, we'll make it work over there. You know, that's what country and western singers are, by the way. They're rock singers who couldn't make it in rock. So they became country. Now, some of the country people are going to be mad at me. I'm from the country. I grew up in the country, so I understand that deal. We as the church need to be the inspired. When people outside need help, we need to be the inspired Word of God people. When people inside the church need help, we need to be the inspired. The Word should be inspiring from you, from God. You mean God's calling me to be a prophet? I'm gonna wait till everybody shakes their head. Yes, yes. God is calling you to be an inspired man and an inspired woman. He's called you to take His word and inspire others with it. And what seems to be a desperate situation, one word from God changes the whole thing. Listen, when when you're in a circumstance, when you're in a circumstance, don't run to the psychologist. When you're a circumstance, don't run to the teacher. When you're circumcised, don't run to the... then that's another problem in the church. In the world, we expect that because they don't know any better. We know better. Find somebody that's inspired in God's Word. They've got the answer. The psychologist is going to tell you the, what's going on here. They don't have the answer. They'll try to tell you go do this, and they'll try to tell you to take this, and everybody wants to give you a pill. Go to the person that has the God-inspired Word. That's where your answer is going to happen, and God will change your circumstance. They needed water, and they needed it pretty quickly because they had made journey. Three kings and all of their group, they had their horses and all the people that were with them, and they needed water pretty quickly because, you know, you can't go very long without water. You can go many, 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 many days without food. You can only go a few days without water. Without water, your body begins to shut down. Your kidneys are shut down. All your functions begin to shut down. Your body begins to give up. It needs water. The prophet said, make this valley full of ditches. That's probably not the words they wanted to hear. Excuse me? Get out our shovels and do what? Dig some ditches. Have you ever dug a ditch? Do you know there's an art to digging ditches? I've seen it. I've been around in construction all my life. There are people that can dig a ditch twice as fast as you Twice as perfect as you and 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 be twice as deep, twice as good as you, there is a an art to dig in a ditch you know, oh, you just stick the shovel in the ground well that's that's a mistake. there's ways you do it Bruce, Bruce you know you we've we've seen it <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the problem is I never developed that kind of a good art of digging a ditch. You should see mine. Understand this. They're in a barren, dry desert, and the prophet says the person that has the word of God, the person that they all trusted, said, Start digging in this. It's bad enough to have. In Houston, it's easy to dig a ditch, especially the further you get, closer you get to the Gulf. the, The ground is real moist. You can dig deep, deep, deep ditches real easy. But up here, you get down about six inches, and it's nothing but clay. And understand, they're in this desert. And he said, now dig, dig this ditch. It's a lot of work. You know, no doubt they start digging these ditches because he didn't say dig a ditch. Get in this valley, start digging ditches. It sounded like the prophet really didn't know what was going on, so he was making something up until he could come up with something better. And I'm sure that's what they're thinking at this point. Man, this guy's nuts. But they go ahead and dig ditches. It, it, I'm sure, no doubt, their arms got tired. If you've ever dug a ditch, you know this. Your shoulders start burning. Your, your, your hands get, if you don't have gloves on, you get blisters and your hands get bloody. You know, sometimes, sometimes we need to learn how to dig ditches in Christianity. We need to go to our valleys and just start digging a ditch. Why is that? Because the prophet said, God's going to fill this, not this, this valley, but what, what happened in their valley? He filled the country. You want this country to be filled? It's got to start in your valley. You want this country to be affected? You got to start in your valley. You got to dig ditches in your valley. You got to dig ditches. Let this prophet tell you, you got to dig ditches in your valley. Hear the word from the Lord. You got to dig some ditches. What do you mean, Pastor? Sometimes you got to work and dig within yourself in worship, sometimes you get tired and your hands get bloody, and your arms get tired because you worship and worship, and you got to keep digging that ditch. We think of digging a ditch as a bad thing. Well, man, I, you know, I, I had a great job until it started making me dig the ditch. Now I, I was mad about it because, after all, I'm an engineer. You won't, listen, you won't find an engineer on a job very much that will dig a ditch. They're way too educated for that. I'm not against education, but sometimes it really gets in the way of digging ditches. Sometimes our education really gets in the way of getting down where it needs to happen. Uh, you know, Pastor, I, I, I don't really worship like that. I, I, that's not how I did. Yeah, but you know what? That, that person right there really knows how to dig that ditch. They, they really know how, or how deep to dig it and how, how to chop it off. Man, they can dig this perfect ditch. But, 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 Pastor, I don't really worship like I don't dig the ditch like that. This is how I, I dig my ditch. And I stop, and I take a 10-minute break. and Then I go back, and I put another shovel in, and I stop, and I rest a while. and That's how a lot of people worship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was talking to God last night, I said, man, God, this is not going to go over good. And he said, I know it. God knew it before he gave it to me. I think God has so much. F- they must laugh in heaven when he gives me a sermon. There must be. A- Sometimes you have to work within yourself, digging to pray. Well, you know, I, I don't have time to pray. You know, I got all this stuff going on in my life, and I don't have time to pray. But you know this, you get, find somebody that really knows how to pray, and watch how they dig that ditch. Man, I can pray for about five minutes, I don't have anything else to say. My Lord, some of you talk about a ball game 10 or 15 minutes, but you can't find five minutes to talk to God. Or, go, yeah, I told you God told me so, I'm just telling you, I, you know, you take it up with God. I, Find somebody that can dig a ditch in prayer, that knows how to dig the ditch, and is willing to do it, and get in there with them, because they're going to show you some things that you're going to think are magical. I never prayed like that before. You ever prayed God's word? You ever prayed God's word? So many of us spend time. Lord, I need. Lord, I want. Lord, would you do this? Lord, uh, save that one. Lord, uh, make sure that you save this one. And Lord, would you? You know what? You you know what you're doing? You got a pickaxe and you're just flinging it around. You're not even digging a ditch. You're just making dirt go all over the place. Get with somebody that knows how to dig that ditch and get down and pray and speak the Word. Listen, if you run out of stuff to say, open to Psalm chapter 1 because there's 150 of them in it. And start praying that Word and watch what happens because God's Word never returns void. Man, when you start praying that Word, get learn how to dig that ditch. That's important. And I can... I can tell ditch digging is not our happy thought. Sometimes you have to work within yourself. You have to dig the ditch in God, studying God's word. I'm going to just tell you something. I'm glad you're here for my ditch, but I'm going to tell you today, get out of my ditch. This is my ditch. I'm digging this ditch today because God gave me this ditch to dig. This is not your ditch to dig. You dig your own. You take what you hear today and you go home and you open it. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of us take the Word of God that we hear on, on uh, Sunday or Wednesday and we go home and we start digging a ditch in it? We start digging, we start making the ways because God's wanting to fill this thing up. He don't want to just fill up your valley. He wants to fill up your country. But we don't spend time digging our own ditches. Sometimes you just have to grab a shovel and get after it. Just go. If if we, Bishop, you invaded today, so thank you. Because it's just confirmation from God. <clears throat> do you just believe that if God said it, that He would do it? Where's your shovel? Where's your shovel? See, there's work in believing God. Believing God is said, Lord, I believe you. There's, there's some ditch digging when you believe God. There's some ditch digging. There's a part in faith that's your part, and there's a part in faith that's God's part. And God said, if you'll dig your ditch, I'll fill it up. I'll put, I'll put more water in there than you can even handle. Matter of fact, I won't just fill up your valley. You know, the people down the street that are having the same problem, I'm going to fix their problem for them too. And you know, the family issues that you're having, I'm going to fix that for you too. Do we really believe that if God said it, He would do it? as a church, we say amen. But as your mom and daddy told you, like my mom and daddy told me, actions speak louder than words. I can talk a good ditch digging all day long, but if I don't get down there and shovel it, it's nothing but a, an, an un, unrealized ditch, unrealized hole. We have to believe that God said it. It's, is, it hard, is it hard living for God? See, some of us don't even know. You know why we don't know? Pastor Don, you're back to preaching like you were before the season changed. Do you know why we don't know whether or not it's hard living for God? You answer that question yourself. I'm not not even going to say it. He said, listen, you, you dig these ditches. Now, you might not see any wind. How many of you saw the wind yesterday? No, you didn't. You saw the dust in the wind. That was awful, wasn't it? Reminded me of living out in West Texas. We lived there a year and got out of there as quick as we could. Because when those sandstorms come, man, he said, You're not gonna see the wind. You're, you're not gonna see the rain, but God's gonna feel. We sang a song, even Lord, even when I don't see it, even when you're still working. He never stops working. He never stops. You know what God wants us to do? Never stop digging. Never stop. You may be in the biggest drought of your life spiritually today. You may be here today, and you're so far away from God that you can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. That may be your situation. But listen, grab a shovel. Grab a shovel today. God's telling you today, if you'll just start digging the ditch, I'm going to fill it up. I'm going to fill it with the water of life, the very thing that you need. Here's the thing about the digging the ditch you're You're digging your ditch in prayer or bible study or whatever it might be. You are the person that determines how deep the ditch is. You can dig a six inch deep, make it really shallow, and you can dig all day long and have this long, shallow, shallow ditch. You determine how deep you're gonna you determine how wide you can dig it dig it this the spade of a shovel, and that's far or you know what You can dig this eight foot deep, six foot wide you determine God's blessing in your life by the ditch you dig. You determine, you determine it. What you put into something is what you get out of it. Jesus said it was sowing and reaping. We understand that to be sowing and reaping. Whatever you put into it, you get out of it. And so today, if you want to really get in contact with God, if you really want to touch the throne, just uh, uh, we had this deal about prayer and we talked about it a thousand times. We think prayer is when well, we come to a place, an altar, and this is great or around our it's great, fantastic and we're at church, all fantastic and we bow our heads and we have this, dis- this discussion with ourselves. Mm-hmm. we're supposed to be a discussion with God, right? That's what prayer is we're supposed to be discussing with God and there's, the <clears throat> here's the difference, how many of you like to be lectured? And how many of you like to be taught? what's the difference between the two? In a lecture, one person talks and you listen. But in teaching, a good teacher will not only talk, but the teacher will allow you to talk. The teacher then finds, Jesus did this all the time. He would begin to talk, and then somebody would bring up a question and say, ah, glad you asked. That's how Jesus operated. And so we have to understand something. Prayer is not this deal where we come and just talk to God and get up and walk off. And it's really, you know, honest prayer doesn't happen here. Not that you're praying dishonestly. But honest prayer happens out there. The other 166, 65, there's 168 hours in the week. We spend about three hours here. So the other 165 that you're talking to God, and it's a conversation. It's a conversation. So in a conversation, we talk and we listen, right? And so, y'all are giving me that? Okay. Many of us don't realize where we're at because we haven't even dug a ditch. We haven't got down and got with it. Oh, but pastor, I, I pray every Sunday at altar. You know what this is today? This is picking up your shovel. So service today is picking up your shovel. It's not digging your ditch. Digging your ditch is outside of the service. Today, we're just equipping you with shovels. Now, I didn't go to Home Depot and buy a bunch of shovels. Nope, don't anybody worry. It's not a church work day or anything like that. But understand, you're picking up a shovel today or, or not. You're picking up your show and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. Listen, you will create the capacity to receive greater joy by the ditch you dig. You are the one that determines the capacity of power in your life by the ditch you dig. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But we like that as Pentecostals, but we forget about when Jesus said, hold on a second. First, you've got to go to Jerusalem and Terry, and you've got to go and you've got to wait. You, there was a part you have to do to receive power from on high. We like the power from on high. We just don't like digging the ditch. And what God's saying in this new season the church is in is that I need some ditch diggers. I need some people that are going to get down, and they're going to get with it. They're going to dig ditches because I'm about to flood this country. Man, if you don't believe God's not flooding this country, you've been watching the you've been watching ABC, NBC, CBS, you've been watching ESPN, AB, uh, XYZ and whatever whatever the quit watching those stations. Connect with some people that are telling truth. Yeah, you're right. I am a conspiracy theorist. It just so happens that my theory is correct. So it's not a conspiracy. One of the, I've said this before, one of the most eye-opening things to me was when we made our, we've made several trips to Ireland. And one of the most eye-opening things to me was we knew something that was going on in in the United States. And we got to Ireland. They told a whole different story. And my thought process is, why would Ireland lie about this? Ireland wasn't the one lying. They just told the facts. You remember Walter Cronkite? Some of you don't know who that is. Walter Cronkite was on the news, and Walter Cronkite didn't say. And today there was this and this is. And let me tell you what I think about it, or let me tell you what George Sor- or let me tell you what somebody else said about it that we have to say over the newsreel. You could pre- you could create the capacity of anointing. Whatever, whatever, however. The type of ditch you dig is the anointing you're going to get. It's whatever you sow into, you're going to reap out of it. God is not unrighteous, the Bible says, to forget your labor of love. He's not unrighteous. God is a righteous God. Your labor of love, prayer, that's a labor of love. Fasting, that's a labor of love. Bible study, that's a labor of love. All these things we're talking about, they're labor of love. You love God, that's why you do it. That's why you're doing this in your life. We're in this new season, church. We're in this new season. Pro- the Elijah, the Elijah prophet before Elisha, he made this statement: "I hear the sound of an abundance of rain." Have you ever heard the sound of an abundance of rain? No, you haven't. You can go to East Texas, where all those big trees are, because way before that rain gets here, you can hear it. You you can hear it. It's it's not the thunder. It's the sound of the abundance of the rain. You ever been rained on? You ever been outside when it's raining so hard, it sounds like, (sighs) Elijah says, I hear that sound of, you know, I believe somebody today is picking this up in the spirit. I believe you are hearing the sound of the abundance of rain. Somebody in this is understanding the ditch digging today. I believe that. You may be in this spiritual drought. How how many of you have ever been in a spiritual drought? Oh, you know what? And the rest of you can talk to God at the altar about telling mistruths. We all go, listen, don't, you're not so holy and so big and so powerful in God that you don't go through spiritual drought places, because sometimes it's God that takes you into them so that He can bring you out of them. But in the middle of the drought, and when it's dry and parched and you need rain, He just wants you to dig a ditch, so He can fill it up and take you out of it. When the enemy has told you it's over, it's dead you're done you're through you're never going to get there you know we had preachers in our past that uh, uh, that would say well once you ever committed this sin in there you can never get back to where you were in god you can never once you make this plate cuz you know what they hold themselves to a plateau the problem was their plateau was the river flats of mississippi river that's how high they took themselves they didn't realize there were plateaus way above them. And they couldn't understand that there were plateaus that they'd never been to. Therefore, if you committed something that they didn't think was right, then you could never even make it back to the Mississippi Delta. But understand something. doesn't matter what happens in your life. You can not only climb back to where you were. You, you, if you get connected with him, if you dig a ditch in that situation, if you let him fill it, he's going to take you way above where you ever were. but i realize there are people here today that you've never had an issue in your life and you've never had to go to god and say god man i messed up and your wife or your husband or your kids or your boss or whoever i mean i messed up no i i get that i understand that but guess what it's coming just when you think you're out of the woods understand there's a reason we go through those things i'm here to tell you grab a shovel God is sending some life giving water to whatever circumstance you're in today. He's sending it. But if you don't dig a shovel, it's going to pass right on through your valley. You're not going to be able to capture any of that water that's coming in because you don't have a ditch to capture it in. And it's going to, you ever watched rain in a valley? I've never been to a valley, never been there. But I, I do watch National Geographic. And they'll show a valley that's parched and dry. And, just, and rain will go through there. And it's like, man, how did all that, where did that water come from? But just as, as quick as it passes over, it's gone again. Like, where did the water go? There's no water here. But, you know, the smart people that live in valleys, what they do, especially in desert valleys, they dig little ponds, tanks as we call them, to catch that water that comes in. listen, God wants you to dig a ditch today. In the situation you're in, you may be far away from God right now. But all he's telling you today, this morning, is, listen, pick up a shovel. Just, just make a start. Start digging. I'm sending the waters. I'm sending the waters. There's going to be a brand new glory. There's going to be a brand new in your life. Job 14, 7 through 9. For there is a hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the, the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud. Through the scent of water it will bud, and it will bring boughs like a plant. Do you get that? Just, just, just the smell of water is the hope of that tree, for it to re-blossom and re-bud. Not actual water, not the taste of water, the smell of it. Is somebody catching that scent today? Are you catching the scent that what God's trying to tell you today? Dig a ditch because I'm, I'm sending the water, and even if you just get a scent of the water, that that tree is gonna it's gonna grow, blossom, bloom. It's gonna produce. There, listen, there, there's a scent. We have seen God do some amazing things. It's day thirty-one. Yeah, we got this thing going. What's God gonna do next? Man, it's day 31 of this year, and look what God has done in January of 2021 in this church. Look at what God has done, the healings, the changes, the miracles that God has done. You understand what a healing is, right? I cut myself, you know, the skin closes up, and there's a, you know, there's a scab, and over time, what you see is a scar. You understand that? You know what a miracle is? It just... Right then, right there, right in front of you. It, all, this, all the scab, the skin together, all that happens in one single moment. I'm telling you, that's what happened to me right down here just a few Sundays ago. God miraculously touched me. It wasn't a healing. I'm not waiting on any process. I'm good to go. Pastor Don's knees are giving him a fit, but his hip makes him want to dance. I'm telling you. Janice sees me going, are you, are you limping again? No, that's, my, that's my knee. That's my old, I, I'm paying for that. But you know what? I, I forgot to say, God, you know what? And Not just heal my hip, but how about my knees? How about putting miracle on my knees? Man, you know, I, I made a mistake, but I won't make it again. Because I know what God did. Those of you that know and know how I was, man, I was ready for a wheelchair. Now I can just race in them. I can have fun with them. There's a scent of anointing that's in this season in our church. There's an anointing God is putting on every single life that's digging a ditch. Pastor, I don't feel it. Get your shovel out. I'm not experiencing it, Pastor. Get your shovel out. Dig a ditch because the water, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. You, you, You ever, one of the funniest, and I, you know, again, uh, Darren told me one time, he said, you know, B- Bishop talks by books and you talk by movies. And Darren said, I relate to you more because goes, it's very simple. <laughs> There's a movie called All Brother Where Art Thou. You ever seen it? I'm not telling you a whole movie, but 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 here's what happens. In the end, these guys are standing there and they've been forgiven for their whatever they've done. But the law doesn't know this yet, and the law is about to hang them at this tree. And they're praying, and they're, God, you know, this, that. But what they forgot was that the valley that they were in, that the, the, the state of Mississippi was flooding that valley so that they could hydroelectric. It was This is the 1920s. Hydroelectric everything. And so as they're praying, the flood starts coming in, And 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 the guys that were from the prison turn around and look, and this huge wave of water hits them all, and it shows them tumbling under the water. The only ones that survived were the ones that were praying. You don't see any of the the guys from the prison. You don't see even. You just see the dog swimming around. Their hound dog. What what am I saying? Listen, there's a flood. There's a wave coming here, and either either you're going to be in the ditch digging and you're going to survive it, or you're never going to be seen again. That's a wow, isn't it? How many times do you think I ask God, ask me, not, can, can I not say that? Can I say it somewhere else? Can I make some other statement? Nope. That's what I want you to say. If you, don't, if you don't make this flood, if you don't make this, you won't be seen again. God knows the end time. He knows what's going on right now. Man, we've had just a little study on Wednesday about end time, haven't we? Just a little bit about it. We've just talked a little bit about it. But you understand what's going on around us, right? They've been saying that for 2,000 years. Yeah, well, that's 2001 now because we're in a new year. But it wasn't the world wasn't like today back then. The world has changed since then. And a lot of things that are going on now were talked about and prophesied then that are actually happening now. We folks, some of you don't like it, but we're in the end. You don't like it because you're not wor- you're not digging a ditch. I understand that. Some of you are loving it because you've got your ditch dug. As a matter of fact, at the end you dug a big pond down there. You want all the water you can get before this is over. But understand something, the water's coming. God told him, Elisha, you tell them, I'm sending the water. And it's not just going to flood the valley where they dug the ditches. It's going to flood the country. And if you know the story, the Moabites took a view over and saw the water, but the water appeared to be blood. And they said, ah, those kings, they've they've killed one another. Let's go get them. And that was their mistake see, that's the way the enemy does. He waits to think you're in such a bad position. When God's blessing you, he doesn't even understand God's blessing you. And he's going to run up in the middle of you while you're getting your blessing. And what happened that day? Bye-bye, Mr. Incest. Bye-bye, Mrs. Incest. Because they took them all. And what God is saying to us today is, listen, we're in an event and time like has never been. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. You heard Bishop say it this morning in his Sunday school lesson, how, how that she was, she was born into this place for a time such as this. And we're in that time such as this ourselves. There's, there's a shift in our atmosphere. Have you noticed it? First of all, have you noticed it in the world? There's a shift in the atmosphere of the world. Listen, y'all need to be very aware of this. There's a shift in the atmosphere of how those in power and authority above us have shifted against us. There's a lot of activity going. Some people, I'm one of those guys because of my past, I'm always peering and looking around. Yeah, you know, you got to know who's sneaking up on you. I shouldn't worry about that, but I just, it's just a habit. And I've noticed a lot of activity militarily in our area lately. I've noticed a lot of activity amongst authority in our area lately. I've noticed a lot of activity amongst our government officials. We, we have a new, and I'm not here to bash any, it's not, not political. I want you to understand about the time we're living. Because if I understand Scripture correctly, when all this goes down, We're going to be doing this. Jesus is coming to get us. I'll not suffer my people to wrath, he said. I'll not suffer my people to wrath, he said. When all these things go down, get ready. because He's coming for the church. Here's the problem. If you miss this water that's coming through this valley and you don't have a ditch dug, if you've missed this one, you missed it. You missed it. Oh, I just won't take the mark. Forget that. I won't just do that. Forget that. You, yes, you will. As easy as it is to live for God today, if you can't live for God, there's no way. There's no way. How do I, Pastor Don, you don't know me. No, I don't, but God does. And the Bible says that those people that don't make the rapture, He is going to cause them to have a delusion that they would believe a lie. So if you don't make this rapture, don't count on making it later because God's given you a delusion that you're going to believe a lie you're going to fall for it hook, line, and sinker hook, line, and sinker I'll never take the mark you'll be the first one in line I'll never worship somebody other you'll be the first one in line because it's too easy now to live for God it's too easy now there's so much grace here you understand grace stops at the rapture grace is over the greatest part of the history of man is where we live today and the grace of God is in the world touching every one of us and when the rapture happens over th- there's no more well the Holy Ghost is going to help you know you know what happens to you if the spirit that dwelt in Christ that quickened his is going to quicken your mortal body There's scripture after scripture after scripture the need for the Holy Ghost is important in your life because it's the that pulls you out of here and without that spirit there's no pull you out of here Don, I'll run to the church. No, you won't. No, you won't. The Bible says God's going to give you a delusion. Listen, if I tell you things that give you a delusion, you can get out of it. You can get out of the church. You can go to some other church, right? Man, when God gives a delusion, there's no getting out of it. Nothing exceeds the power and authority of God. Nothing exceeds what His will is. Nothing exceeds it. Am I trying to scare you? absolutely if I could scare everybody into heaven I'd run out and put on a boogie suit and start scaring people anything to get them to acknowledge they need God whatever it would take to get you to acknowledge that I need to be digging some ditches that I need to be down I need to be studying I need to be praying the most glorious thing that will ever happen to Christians is what we call the rapture of the church the most awful thing that will ever happen to gentiles is the rapture that aren't that aren't Christians is the rapture of the church. That's the most awful thing that'll ever happen to them. Cuz hope is gone. Chance is gone. Favor is gone. Grace no longer exists. The Holy Ghost which is the keeper along with the church is the keeper of the world right now. You understand that, right? It's God's Spirit in His church that just keeps the devil from overrunning this whole thing. That's all going to be gone. How could a man, how could an Antichrist, you know how easy that would be? I once said before, when I first got into church, this is what happens when you're young, I was in about three or four years, and I said, I cannot understand how anybody in the right mind would backslide. It's the worst statement I ever made. Because there came a point in my relationship with God that I backslid. I didn't need to go to church. I didn't need to hear God's Word. I didn't need to pray with God's people. I didn't need that fellowship. Thank, thanks to God that I had a wife that would take my two daughters. You would think, you would think as a man that had two daughters, you, if you don't want to at least let them be saved. But see, there's delusion that comes when we walk away from God. We think things that are just so unreal. And I didn't even have a heart from my two little girls for them to be saved. Or my wife. But she found a little church at a strip center. She kept coming and saying, you need to come. Oh, uh -uh -uh. no. I I have to work on Sunday. After all, I, I manage and I always had an excuse. We're doing a reset. Janice laughing she remembers all these excuses. I had to do this, this and that. You know what? Thank God I had somebody in my life that was hearing the word of God and would speak it back into my life. Cuz that's that that God forever changed me in the beginning, but God regenerated me in the middle. He regenerated me. And So I'm just telling you today, no matter where you're at, no matter what kind of drought you're in, maybe it's small, maybe it's big, maybe you're not sure where you're at with God, God's telling all of us today, grab a shovel, because the water's here. In that same movie I told you about, there was a baptism that was going on in a lake, in a river, and all these people were flooding out of there, and these three guys that had just broke out of prison one of them gets the deal. He runs over there and he's baptized and he comes back to the other two and he says, I have been redeemed. I've been, all my sins are washed away. Come on in, boys. The water's fine. I'll never forget that statement. It means a lot to me, not because that's a movie, but because God came to me one day and said, hey, come on in. The water's fine. And that's what he's saying today. I'm flooding this, I'm flooding this valley. Come on in. Well, the water's fine. If you want to talk with God, you, you can talk with God at this altar. I'm opening this altar up. You can talk to Him at where you're sitting, where you're standing, wherever you're at. But listen, all of us need to come to God with a shovel in our hand today. Every one of us need to come to God with a commitment. God, here's, my I'm bringing, here's what I'm bringing to the table, God. Here's what, because I know what's going to happen. As I dig this ditch, I know what's going to happen. Would you come? Would you come and pray? Would you come and reach out to God? God, here am I. God, I've been digging ditches for a long time. You know what the beauty of that is? You're a fabulous ditch digger. Can can I hook up with you? If there's some things about God's Word that you know that I don't, can I hook up with you? Pastor would like to hook up with you. Maybe you've got this power in prayer that Pastor Don wants more of. Can I I hook up with you in your ditch digging? Uh, It's my ditch, okay. Can I dig beside you and watch what you do? Can I be a part of yours? And you be a part of mine, Lord Jesus. Touch your people at your altar. Touch your people in their seats. In Jesus' name, touch us today, God. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.